Okay, just a uh, program. Okay, uh, well, let's, let's start. Well, well, welcome back to to the continuing series on on Tanakh. To uh, on. Um, the continuing series on prophetic visions in the 21st century, the message of Nevi'im Rishonim, the story of the Book of Shoftim. The series will focus on how Shmuel Hanavi, the author of the Book of Shoftim, sent us many messages for our time. The series will be dedicated in memory of Rabbi Achmiel ben Ravara Meir. Um, now, just a, a programming note. Um, tonight will be the last for till after the Chagim. Uh, we don't really have any Sunday nights. I mean, they're mostly yontivs, and I think people will not be available. So we will, uh, we, we will, we'll complete whatever we will complete tonight, and then we will pick it up. Um, I, I know I'm getting from my end that people want me to continue this, so we will uh, pick it up uh, after after Sumchastora, the week after Sumchastora. I will, of course, uh, send out. Um, uh, I, I will, of course, send out email and information. I'll send it to the young Israel Hillcrest as well. Uh, will probably will probably be Sunday nights at eight o'clock. Um, I, I'm not. It's is going to get too early if people want to go home and eat dinner. So we'll we'll so uh, for for the people that are live with me, if they uh, I'll do it if they want me to come back to school so they can hear it live. That's fine. Like uh, it's no problem. Or we could go all Zoom. Uh, so whatever works. Uh, if Zoom doesn't work for you, you want to come here? I can come here. It's no. Uh, or I can show you how to use Zoom. Um, but no, whatever. Well, yeah, it's not a problem. I can broadcast here from the shore. It's, it's, it's fine. Okay. Um, so we were discussing last week um, the development of Gidon as a leader. Uh, we spoke about we spoke about how um, there were a lot of comparisons between the story of Gidon and the story of Moshe. Uh, we also spoke about how. Uh, there's a comparison between Gidon and Eliyahu, Eliyahu Hanovi. Um, what we're going to see today is an even stronger connection to Eliyahu Hanovi. Now, I, I, I have to say, not not because, not Hashem, that I mean this in any in any way of uh, from my own end, but a lot of this is my own analysis, um, uh, things that, that hints that I picked up on, noticing. That wow, this is really like very similar, very similar stories. Uh, the fact that Gidon advocates for Am Israel, the fact that you know, just terms like Kiyahayimach, which is the same term that Hashem says to Moshe. Um, um, also, we spoke about the fire that like, you know, when 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 Gidon wanted to see if the Malach was was really the Malach. So it says that that that, that he a fire came and burnt up the whole Malach. So that's very similar to the story uh, of Eliyahu Hanavi on. Har Carmel and and how he um, and how he, he with the fire came from the sky and burnt up the the Mizbeah. So there's really a lot of stories. You know the Ramban. I I, I, I always makes me think of this. The Ramban says that Masel votes Siman Lebanim. It's a famous statement of the Ramban. The Ramban says that you can look at the forefathers and you get a, a premonition of what's going to take place in the Future. There are certain patterns in Jewish history that are, are repeating patterns, repeating stories. Um, we we can almost predict um, 
what our story is going to be. Of course, the Novi has predicted our end of the story, Mashiach and Minyan Abayas. But 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 a, a lot of our our experience and our journey it runs, you know, very similar stories. Uh, story, you know, throughout the Middle Ages, being invited into countries, making them wealthy, being being successful on our on our own right in those countries, and then and then eventually being thrown out was a repeating story. You know, Jews were thrown out of uh, England in the year 1270, and then didn't return there till Oliver Cromwell in the sixth in the 17th century invited us back, uh, you know, those kind of stories that were, were you know, the Spanish Inquisition and, and all those kind of stories um, were repeat, are repeating stories. Our story is a fluid story, but it's a story that does, that, that we can look at and we can analyze what has happened to us as a people and it could give us at least a premonition of, of what's, what's going to, to take place. And I think that's a, that's a very important. So it's not just I want to. Uh, it's not just that I'm making um, textual comparisons to Moshe Rabbeinu or 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 coincidental story comparisons to Yo Hanavi. But what I'm what I'm suggesting is that that Shmuel Hanavi is suggesting patterns in in our history and patterns in our future that are going to be repeating signs and repeating ideas of to hopefully inspire us to come closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, to inspire us in dark times, um, how to rise above those dark times and, and, and come better people. And, uh, you know, obviously this is certainly a message there of Rosh Hashanah that, that we, have to, we have to feel that, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, has laid out the pattern for us, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has created the, the flow chart for us to follow in order to come close to him as we approach the the, the Yom Adin. And, and one of the mo most significant messages of Jewish history, uh, it's in this story of Gidon and it's in all the stories, is when darkness sets in, that's just a, a, a preparation for the, for the greater light that's gonna come, that's gonna come. That's the story of, of Mitzrayim and that's the story of the, of the Shoftim, that's the story of the Korban, uh, you know, you know, it's 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 amazing if if you think about. You know, I, I hate to you know beat this point home, but that's just my how I feel. You know, uh, Rabbi Heyer said said uh, uh, Rabbi Marvin Heyer said on 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 a video that I watched. He says he says if you think about the state of Israel, he says it, it's miraculous. He says three years after Auschwitz, just three years where where where. We should have given up. Uh, I think there's never a point in Jewish history where, where I, I think it would have been fair. It, if I was a, a, only a historian, not, 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 not a Jew with a neshama, uh, if I was just a historian, I would say in 1945, we should have packed our bags and said goodbye. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. Uh, we just we, we, we build on ashes. That's, that's the story of our history. But, but, but we build on ashes buildings with strong foundations. And, you know, if you go around the world and you look at all the yeshivas uh, on the plaques that have Holocaust survivors on it, and, you know, who made big money after the war and donated money to build yeshivas, shuls, uh, I, I am sure if you went into the great synagogue today, and, you know, the great synagogue has that tremendous wall of all the people that, that donated money to build the, the great synagogue, I am sure in there are Holocaust survivors. I don't think there's even a question 
or, or great places. You know, you had people like the, the story of the Panovich Rebbe, uh, famous story, the Panovich Rebbe in 1942 or three, when Rommel was, was uh, coming through Africa and was really threatening to come to Eretz Yisrael. You know, uh, there, there was a point in the war that, that Jews in Eretz Yisrael were, could potentially have been sent to concentration camps. And the Panovich Rebbe stood where the Panovich Yeshiva is today. And he says, we're going to build the Yeshiva here. And, 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 they, and they said to him, Rebbe, they said, Rebbe, Rommel is coming. We're in danger. And the Panovich Rebbe looked at, at them and said, no, we're going to build the Yeshiva here. And, 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 and the Yeshiva was built here. And, and Rommel didn't come. And the Yeshiva was built. And the Yeshiva is still there today. And the Yeshiva thrives. And Am Yisrael Chayvet Kayam. That's the story. That's the, all of these stories. You know, these are dark stories, but the dark stories always have a light at the end of the tunnel. And, and maybe, maybe the book of Shoftim is that message as well, that it always ends up that Hashem sends the, sends the Savior. There's never a time when the Moshiach does not arrive. And I, I think that's a very, very important story uh, and a very important passage of all of these stories. Uh, now, um, I was also wondering, you know, um, Gidon challenges the, the, the Mala. He wanted to make sure that he was a Mala. So this is already a little drush. Um, I think uh, the message there is that we have to search out. Dear Shu Hashem, we're going to read, we're going to say next Monday, Monday at Mincha. Dear Shu Hashem, the We have to search out HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we will find him. So the Gemara tells us, what does that mean? Yeshua Hashem v'himatso. These are the days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom HaKippurim. Those are the days where are designated for us to seek him out. Obviously, we're supposed to seek out a Kodesh Baruch Hu. The whole year I mentioned, I think last time, the Gemara at the end of Masech Shabbos, uh, uh, based on the mission in Perky Avos, it says it's supposed to be Tshuva, the day before you die. And a person, uh, uh, so they went to Rabbi Elazar who made the statement. They said, you know, they said, Rabbi, we don't know. Don't want, a person doesn't know when he's going to die. The Gemara tells us in Masech Shabbos that David Amelech asked that question. And a Kaddish Baruch said, ah, I'm telling you. I can't tell you. Uh, I can tell you the day of the week, but I can't tell you when it's going to happen. So anyway, so, so they said to him, so, so of course, Rabbi Elazar responded, okay, so you have to do tshuva right now, today. And he said, Nimsa kol yoma b'tshuva, the Gemara says. He says, it'll turn out that all your days are days of tshuva. Not so bad. I think it's so bad. The, the, story, the story once that a student from Or Sameach met the, uh, the Gera Rebbe in, in the street. And, then, and I know, yeah, he said, you know, he said, I'm a student from Or Sameach. And, and, and he, said, but then he said, but I'm not about tshuva. So the Gera Rebbe looked at him and said, and why aren't you about tshuva? So, so you know, I, I, I think that's... Uh, an important message. So I, I think also that's also a message in this story where Gidon goes and he, 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 he brings the gift to the Malach. He really wants to know if it's a Malach. And then, and then, when, then when he realizes that it's a Malach, and then, then he's nervous, and then HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he realizes, he realizes the great extent of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu uh, offers. Hashem Shalom, he says, he goes to Mizbeah, and he says, Hashem is a man Hashem represents peace. It's the last mission. Uksin, Eina Kodesh Baruch Hu, Maxikli, Baruch Yisrael, Ela Hashalom. He says, the end of the day, he realizes that we, if we search out Hashem, the end of the day, the return is, Amevarech Amo Yisrael, Bashalom. That the, the, the return 
of the story is the Kaddish Baruch will make peace for us. There uh, will be peace in the land. And, and, and as I've discussed a number of times, peace means a pro, a, a spiritual prosperity, not just, not just physical prosperity, which usually comes that too, but certainly physical prosperity and great, great learning and great, and great spiritual connection comes comes and for our time in a generation that desperately is desperately needs spirituality desperately is lacking spirituality this message just resonates to us and it's very important uh, we got up to um so anyway that's just what i, I just wanted to say about about the the build-up of Gidon into this uh into this great leader um on, we're, we're, if we're on the arts core we're on page 156 it's Perak Vav. Chapter six, verse twenty-five. So here is a also a no strange story. Um, it's but it's fat, but it's a fascinating the angle that the, the direction this story goes is just, just so interesting to me. Uh, it says It says on that night. So okay, so the introduction is done. The Malach comes to Gidon. Gidon realizes that he's been pushed into a certain leadership role, and now he has to act, right? Right, you know, even, you know, even Moshe Rabbeinu, again, I guess he had to be Moshe Rabbeinu to talk that way. But all, even Moshe Rabbeinu eventually said, all right, I gotta go, that's it. That's it, I'm not, I'm not, winning. I'm not winning this argument, so I gotta go and I gotta, and, and of course Moshe becomes a great advocate of, of all the Jewish people. Well, come the Israel, old to Moshe. You know, there never was another Moshe Rabbeinu. But okay, anyway, so Gidon becomes that that man. So by Hiva Laila Hu, by Yomer Lo Hashem. Kah is para shora sherla vicha, u para sheni shavashanim. Viharasta as mezbacha bala sherla vicha, that's a shera shala tikro. So now Gidon is given a very daunting mission. He's told to go into the city and he's told to take two animals. Right, um, he's he's, uh, he's he's told to take two bulls um, from his father, and a par and a shore from his father, and he's supposed to destroy the altar, the mizbeach that they used to worship Avodah and and the tree which is called an Asherah. They used to worship a tree. It was called an Asherah, and he's supposed to chop that down. So that's not the, uh, we haven't gotten to the shocking part yet. But that's, that, that's the basic command. In other words, he's to go in without, without no questions asked and clean up the mess that these people have created in, the, in their town. Get rid of the idolatry in the town. Don't ask, don't tell, right? right many of us have learned in life that when you want to do something, you don't ask questions, you know? <laughs> you do, and then you, worry about it. then you worry about the consequences later. Sometimes that's very important. Sometimes you need to do, to act that way. Not always. Sometimes you got to go through the process. But a lot of times that that that, that we have to, you know, push ourselves forward and we have to do things, and then ask questions later. Should we? Should we not? Have? You know, that's really the story of Pikuach Nefesh and Shabbos, right? As I'll say that you're you're shoyta if you if you question should I make a, should I call Hatzalah should I not call? I'm not allowed to do that. You have to. Set, you know, wor worry later that you made a mistake. Like, you know, so sometimes in life we have to act and then worry about the consequences later.
Uh, anyway, so so Gidon is commanded to wipe out the uh, the idolatry. Now, but here's where here's where it turns strange. Now watch, I'll show you. Ubanisa mizbeach l'Hashem elokech. Now you're going to build the mizbeach. Okay, that's good. Arosh hamaoz hazeh. So you go you're going to build a mizbeach on top on top the strong rock. Wow, okay. All right, now, now we run into problems here. He's supposed to build a Mizbeach in the place of the Mizbeach for idolatry. Take the firewood from the, from the idolatrous tree and use that to give a korban to Kaddish Baruch Now, that's a no-no. <laughs> I'll do that. Halacha is very clear. Uh, there, 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 are, there are certain things in halacha that have an isur hano. You're not allowed to benefit from it. The most famous is chametz on Pesach. You're not allowed to benefit from chametz on Pesach. The second most famous is basar chalo. Right? If you have a combination of milk and meat, you're not allowed to have any benefit. So you're not allowed to open a, a trade restaurant for non-Jews and sell cheeseburgers. Because you can't benefit from the combination of milk and meat. You are, by the way, allowed to, I, I don't recommend this, but you are allowed to find a, a town that's Kulo Goyim and open up a restaurant and sell them trade hamburgers. Right? There's no chiyav of kosher. You are allowed. No isar hana on, on non-kosher meat. But there is an isar hana on a cheeseburger. Can't have milk and dairy. You know, that's, so, people have pets and they have to feed their pets. They have to be careful that the pet foods don't have a combination of milk and meat in it. There's a shailin in the rice. Most of Ashel Gadi, three times. So, Rashi says one is cooking, one, one is eating, and one is, one is hana. So, the third thing, which maybe not as famous because it's not so negaya to our times, although it is in a certain way, but discussion. Um, you're not allowed to benefit from idolatry. So if uh, if the if you have a mizbeach, so let's say so let's say in the time when they had korbanos. So let's say someone built a mizbeach and he worshipped idols on it. You got rid of the guy. You thought now you want to get in a time where let's say the base of Mises wasn't standing and you could give a korban on it. So you're not allowed to give a korban on that mizbeach. You have to destroy it. So the wood from the Asherah tree, you're not allowed to use. Yet Gidon is commanded to violate the Torah. In fact, there were eight things that Gidon was told to do that violates the Torah. If you have the art scroll, he has them in the note on page 157. Number one. Okay. Um, I don't want to go into a long explanation of this because it gets a little complicated. But just the short explanation is at until the base of Migdash was built, at certain points previous to that, Jewish people were allowed to give private korbanos in their backyard. I mean, they could build them as bayah in their, so, so for example, what? Not, not uh, the korban tamid, not the daily korban, but if a person donated, made a neder to give a korban, and he wanted to build them as bayah in his backyard and give the korban, they were allowed to do that at certain points in history. So 
when they established the Mishkan and Shiloh, which was at this time, then the Gemara says, I, I, I forget, it's one or two Masechtas. They have a whole long discussion. It's either the end of Zvachim or the end of Menachas. I, I don't remember. It's one, one of those two. Um, anyway, it has uh, the whole last five or six plots. talks about Pomos and the history of it. And it's fascinating Gemaras at the end of those Masechtas. Anyway, um, one of those Masechtas. Anyway, um, so, so at different times, so for example, so when, when the Mishkan was destroyed by the Plishtim in Shiloh, it was a famous story where they took the Aaron and uh, Eliyah Cohen died and, and that whole story over there. So then Bamos became, were permitted. So after the destruction of the Mishkan, which stood, I think, 339 years, um, after that happened, they were allowed to, again to go back to giving private korbanos. David Amelech was anti-Bamos. He did not like people doing that. Shlomo, his son, until he built the base of Migdash, had no issue. But when the Mishkan was established in Shiloh, they were not allowed to give outside korbanos. So therefore, the first thing that Gidon was violating here, again, it's not an avail, because the Kaddish Baruch don't do it. Number one is Chutz, that he shafted outside the Mishkan. He was shafting the korban outside the Mishkan. Number two, it was at night. We don't give korbanos at night. The only thing that's done at night is they used to burn what's called the evorim. So Gemara and Brochus, they used to burn the evorim and the pedorim, the limbs and the, the leftovers of the korbanos were burnt on the Mizbeach at night. That's one of the reasons why we say Tvilos Armis is Rishos, because there wasn't an actual korban that was only a process that uh, as a sacrifice and Mizba are parallel to a daily korban that was brought every day, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. Mariv was parallel to a process where they used to burn the remnants and limbs of the, of the korban on the Mizbeah. And, and so that's why there's a discussion in the Gemara, whether it's Vila Saris or Shus, the Halacha, it's, it's Chova, we've accepted it, we have to have it today. But the Lamaise was based on that. And so, so no korban at night. You can't give a korban at night. Korban Pesach was eaten at night, but it was shafted during the day on Erev Pesach. Okay, so that was number two. Number two, Gidon was a descendant of Menashe, not of Aaron. It wasn't a Kohen, and he's given a Korban. He's a Kohen to give, to give a Kohen. Number four, it says uh, he didn't have what's called a Klishores. Klishores meant uh, you have to have special utensils for, for the Korbanos. didn't have that. Number five, Kliashera. He used wood from the idolatrous tree. That's a big no-no. Uh, uh, he used, um, meaning, meaning he, he, he used vessels that were from that. No, he used the vessels that they used to worship the Asherah. Uh, number six, the wood itself. Number seven, he built a Bama, which I just said, which wasn't allowed once the Mishkan was established at Shiloh. Uh, number seven, uh, the animal, the animal that he used had been designated by his father for Avodah And yet he was using that animal to be brought on the Mizbeah. And the animal itself was worshipped. <laughs> so you had eight different Isuras. Minatoro is not the rabbinic law. There are eight starker Isurim in the Torah that a Kaddish Baruch Hu told Gidon to do. What's the message? How, how can it be that that Gidon was told to, to violate uh, all, all of these things. 
So I think the answer is uh, from a pasuk in Tehillim, Hashem, a favorite Torah secha. That sometimes we're allowed to we're allowed to suspend the Torah in order to perpetuate the eternal observance of the Torah. Now, uh, I don't think that individuals should, should be making these decisions. Elio Anovi made this decision. You have to be Elio Anovi to make that decision. Um, you know, David Amel, it says David Amela killed Ger Amaliki when the messenger that came and told him that Shoal that was, was killed at the war. So David Amel executes him. There was a whole discussion. How was he allowed to do that? And the Gemara says it was Horah Shah, the, the, the moment in time because of, of what he described and who he was, uh, defined the need for David to act a certain way. And, and so we do have that. We do have something called Horah Shah. That sometimes we, there, there are moments in time where we have to act differently uh, in order to preserve the greater, the greater good. You know, the famous story, uh, I think, was Rabbi Israel Salanta. Uh, you know, uh, we, we could relate to this story uh, where, where there was a, a terrible uh, illness that was going through the town. And so, so some people say the story is not true. Uh, but but uh, the story that is told is that he got up in shul and drank on Yom Kippur. Because he, because he didn't want people fasting on your kibber because he was afraid people would die. So, so if you look at some of the svarim, they say that story never really happened. But uh, I don't know. So, but it's not the point. Point is, but well, one story is definitely true. Is the story of Rav Chaim that that one time they, they asked the Shaila also it was some illness and Rav Chaim was very lenient about people fasting on your kibber and they said to him they said to him Rav Chaim this uh, bister mekel on Yom Kippurim. So, so he answered, no, it's been a machmir on Pesuach He says, uh, I'm strict about saving lives, uh, more, more than, I, than, I, than I need to be about Yom, Yom Kippur. Now, now, but, but, you know, so somebody is sick, so that's why you go to the road and you figure out what you need to do. Can you fast? Can you not fast? These are, even on Yom Kippur, there, there are certain people that do not fast. And but, so how do they eat and what they're supposed to do? These are shaylas for, for Rabban Hoshanka said that if you're healthy, uh, you, just because you think that there's COVID out there, that's not a head to, to not fast on Tishabov, he said, and it's certainly not a head to not to fast on Yom Kippur. But, so, but if you're sick, you're in discussions, and you have to, and you have to see how, how sick are you legitimately, and you have to ask the rub. You, gotta, you, gotta, you can't paskin on your own. Don't paskin from the social media. Don't paskin from the internet. Before you rub and you say, and you say, you know, uh, Rebbe, uh, he's, uh, you know, uh, this is my situation. What do I do about Yom Kippur? Um, you know, so Medali is certainly more, more lenient, more grounds to be, to be lenient. Uh, but, well, but Yom Kippur specifically, and, and you have to figure out what to do. I always tell the story that I, I you know, I once got a, I once got full with a Shiloh, and the Shiloh was, you know, what, you know, when are you allowed to break the fast of Tishabu? And I said, I, I, I said to that person, I said, you're not. I said, but now, but that's not a question. I said, now ask me a question. I said, uh, then they described to me the illness and this and that. So I said, so, so, but, so I told them, go take a drink. I tell them they have to take a drink. And, and if, if that's sufficient, then they should continue, you know, don't eat at the rest of the dishes. Well, it was already late afternoon. It was only a matter of a couple hours. I said, but they really feel that they're, they're in danger. They should take a drink uh, and, and, and then figure it out from there. Uh, you know, I also had the opposite, Shiloh. Uh, a woman comes to me and tells me, she forgot it was Shabbos and Thomas, she had her coffee this morning. What should she do? So I told her, so, so you fast the rest of the day. Okay, you made a mistake. That's what's on. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean you, don't, you, don't, you don't fast. Anyway.
but, but that idea of pikuach nefesh, that we, we, we suspend the observance of the Torah of the pikuach nefesh, is embedded very deeply in, in, in Jewish tradition. It's embedded in our stories. It's embedded in everything that, that, we, that we are. And I think that's very important. And sometimes we have to suspend the Torah. Sometimes Gidon, the story of Gidon teaches us that sometimes we have to go beyond the line. We got to go over the line. If we think that by going over the line um, brings a, will bring a person back, then that's what you have to do. There's a big machlokes a poskim. Um, if you, uh, you're allowed to invite uh, uh, someone on Friday night to a Shabbos meal, knowing that they're going to drive home. There's a big machlokes a poskim. Ramosha was, was very machmir and says, unless you know for sure they're going to stay over, you can't invite them. Uh, but other poskim uh, looked at it differently. Other poskim said, what are they going to be doing on those, co- those couple hours? Uh, and they were watching television, sitting on a computer. No, those couple hours, they can sit at your house and sit at the Shabbos table. And you never know. Maybe they'll be inspired. They'll say, you know what? No, I'm not going to go. I'm going to sleep over tonight. You know, you never know. I, I once asked, um, I once asked Rashev to this question. I had a, I had a ball of bus in my old shul who, uh, he liked to dive for the omen on Shabbos. Uh, he, he didn't, he knew very, very little. Uh, he liked to dive. He's actually from Cuba. Uh, and he uh, liked to dive for the oven in Shabbos. But I know he wasn't showing Shabbos. I, I know he wasn't. Um, anyway, so I asked Rashev, so, so, so what, you know, what, what is the proper uh, uh, process in that? Rashev told me, he says, when he's in shul, he's showing Shabbos. So, so right now, he's showing Shabbos. So, you know, what happens afterwards? Okay, you worry about that afterwards. But, and then well, we let him down. We let him down for the omen. You know, we didn't. So, you know, sometimes you gotta, you know, you have, but, but, but it has to be done up here. It has to be done with place. You, know, you can't, can't make uh, the calls. You know, so many times I've cried about how people are, are, are poskining Shilas because they read something on Facebook or they read something on social media. You know, when this all started, you know, there was this thing going around that Roshefta said that you could, you could have the Seder on Zoom. Roshefta never said such a thing. <laughs> I heard from his mouth what he said. He said that if somebody is ill, someone is, 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 uh, is a concern, and you need to check in them because something might happen to them on Yantav, you're, you're allowed to do whatever you need to do to check in on them. That's what he said. And I had that child as someone was in the hospital, and they asked me, what do we do? You know, they don't let us in the hospital. And I said, and I told them, you must call on Yantav the hospital. You have a Torah to call the hospital on Yanta because they need to know that there is a patient advocate. And if not, they're going to make decisions and they're probably not going to make a decision that you want them to make. And, and, it, and I said, now the whole family doesn't have a head to the call. There should be one designated person to make the call on Yanta. I say, but these are, these are, these are, these are life questions. And, and, and it's a, and it's a, it's a living, it's a living Torah. And, and, and sometimes we go over the line to, to, do, to do things and to act a certain way. And that's what Gidong was told to do. He said, you know what? Take the idolatry, use the wood, use the animal, shaft it outside the Mishkan, you're not a Kohen, but you're going to send a message. And the message is that, that, that HaKadosh Baruch was here. And you need to reach out to them. Now watch what happens. And then I think, I think this is also a great part of the story. I say we're, uh, you know, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go another 10 minutes. Anyway, oh, so what's happening here? Okay, so this is also a beautiful idea. 
So Gidon takes 10 people. Why 10 people? Because what he's about to do is create a Kiddush Hashem. He's going to show that the idolatry is, is false and that people have to return to serve Hashem. So the Gemara, so the Gemara says that, that the ultimate Kiddush Hashem is in front of a minion. You need, you need 10 people. Kiddush Hashem is B'pnei Asar. The halacha is on Purim that you, um, that you don't need a minion to read Megillah. We know this, that somebody is sick and they can't come to show, go to their house. And I, I personally have had such experience many times of going to people's houses who are, who are not well and, and read Megillah. Uh, you know, I've had this um uh, many times to go to hospitals and, and, and read Megillah for, uh, for people. Unfortunately, one of the people I did is not no longer with us. Um, he's, he's a Newman. A couple of times I had to go for him and read Megillah for him. Um, anyway. So, um, but so why do we read? Why do we read in shul on Purim? Besides that, it's convenient for people. Um, the answer is because 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 of what's something called presume nisa. Presume nisa is that there's a mitzvah to publicize the miracle of Purim, and 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 ain't presume nisa elobasara. The ultimate presume nisa is with ten people. We see that in this story as well. Kiddush Hashem. Same thing with Hanukkah. Nobody's yod say with Hanukkah candles. And then you have to go home and like eat Neri Shubesa. But we write in Shul because it's Presume Nisa, and then we need the minion to have the Presume Nisa. So that's why Gidon takes 10, ten people. Vayas Kasher Diberi Lav Hashem, Vayihit Kasher Yarei Espesa Aviv Esanchea Ir, Meyasos Yaman Vayas Lev. So the Novi tells us that, that he goes at night, and, and the reason why he goes at night because he was, he was a little bit afraid of the people in the city. But so he goes and he does this at night. Now what happens? By Ashkimu and Sheha here, and the people wake by Boker. They wake up in the morning, and they see the they see the rioting that had taken place in the town. Right? We can relate to that, right? And they knew Tads in this They said, they said, wow, look, 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 what happened? The the uh, the altar that we were ready to serve our idols on was destroyed. And the wood was chopped. And the animal that we, we were ready to offer up to our gods, gone. It's already been offered up. So, so, the, so, now, so now, they're, now, now they're angry, right? Like you, you messed with them. Now we're angry. So he said, So they brought in the CIA. The FBI, they brought in the, they, 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 they had a congressional hearing and, and a panel and an investigative, um, and they had the, the report, uh, right? What was his name uh, years ago? Ken Starr. They got Ken Starr on the case, and uh, um, I won't say some of the people today because I don't have respect for them. But um, uh, so, and, uh, and, they, uh, and, they, and they had a hearing, and they just, what, what happened? Vayyidrashu, and they found, um, and they found, somehow they figured out that Gidon, that Gidon did it. Can you do me a favor? One thing. Now, now, now here's, 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 here's the, here's the thing. Now, there, now I'm, I'm going I'm to read you, there's two ways to understand these specific. So let's read it. He says, uh, so give us Gidon. He tell, they tell his father, right? 
give us Kidom, so we should we should execute him. Why? Uh, he has disgraced our God. Right. If you think the uh, committing the immorality and access to something of the 21st century, absolutely not. It's, it's the oldest man. So they're gonna. So see, he see he chopped up their uh, altar and chopped the tree. Now they want to kill him. Right. No thought about why did he do it. Okay. So listen, listen to the answer of Yoash. So by Yomer Yoash. He said, I have a question for you. You believe in this God, right? If you believe that this God is a deity, don't you think the deity is going to take care of itself? <laughs> right. So, th so th there's a question. Uh, I don't remember where I read this, but there's a question whether Yoash was turning back to the good side or this was just his way of uh, of saying that he believed, or, or or was he really saying what he meant? Right, it's the way he's looking at it. either either he's either he's being Avram Avino, right? There's the famous story with Avram Avino, where, where Avram, where, no, right, the famous Medrash, where Terah had the, the score with all the idols in it, and there was uh, and there was this, this very large idol, and Avram took an axe and he chopped up all the all the idols and he put the axe in the hand of the big idol, right? So every kid knows the story, right? Uh, where it is, I'm not sure. It's in the magic somewhere. Anyway, so so anyway, so Terah comes home and sees the the destruction, and 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 he asks Avram, you know, what happened? So Avram says they they had a fight, and and the the and the and the larger one, the bigger guy won, right? So <laughs> that's what Yoash says to them. He says. <laughs> What's your problem? He says, if you believe that this God is real, then 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 um right. So again, there's two ways of looking at it. Either either he was saying it that this is what he really believed, meaning uh, meaning you are your he's saying to him, you're close muna. Right, you you have a lack of, of faith. I believe in this God, and I think this God will take care of whoever messed with him. You guys, eh? You guys don't believe, but really don't. So you got you guys are fake. <laughs> like, like like you don't you don't really believe that it's a deity because otherwise you would be concerned about its honor. Let, let the deity take care uh, of its own honor. So so again, the other way of looking at it is that Yoash was starting to turn back. The good that Yoash realized that all this idol worship is really uh, ridiculous. That's, that's two ways we can you can you can look you can look at it. By the way, that's the other connection to Elio Anobi. Elio Anobi was fighting Baal, right? The, the whole the whole showdown at Har Carmel, then again in Torah Yisisa was against the prophets of Baal. So, so this this idol this this idol worship of Baal was a very strong uh, had very strong presence in the land um, in the time of the Canaanim and, and and even later in the time of Elio and Obi, uh, Izebel and Achav they they forced Baal upon all, all, all the people. So Yerubal, so to speak, fought the first battle 
uh, Elio and Ovi fought the final battle, right? And and when Elio did it, they said Hashem Hu'elokim. Right now, of course, we say that at the end of Yom Kippur, because uh, we realize that all our uh, now now it's interesting that we say that at the end of specifically at the end of Yom. So I think uh, again, again, this is crush. Um, I think that what, what we're really really saying is that now that we've gone through these. From, you know, we started last night with Slichos, and now we, we go all the way to Yom Kippur, and we came to Ne'ila, we kind of realized that we are living in a, uh, you know, in a fog. <laughs> like, we don't, like, like we, don't, we don't pay enough attention to the details of our lives, and we don't realize, uh, you know, if, if people don't get the message from COVID-19 that, that our Kodesh Baruch Hu is here to send to wake us up, uh, listen, I, I will never ever sit here and never tell you this is why something happened. Uh, that's, until I get that phone call uh, on the red phone, then, then, then I'll let you know. But since I don't expect to get to have the red phone, red, the red phone ring, uh, I'm not gonna tell you why things happen. Because I'm very clear that when, when, when something bad happens in the world, you have to be you pass base for up. You have to you have to do an internal examination of who we are, and I think and I think that what what happens on Yom Kippur is that we come to that end, and and maybe just maybe for a moment, that last moment we come to that realization, Hashem Hu Elokim, and and that's why specifically at the end of Neiva, because people are you know you know you, you walk in shul on, on Yom Kippur, and I, I'm not chassishal, I, I get it, people don't they're not totally connected. Uh, and, you know, people are sleeping during Musav and, you know, get people fasting and all of that. The Ewa somehow strikes a chord with a lot of people. Uh, you know, a lot of people, some people only come to Shul when the Ewa. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and we get to that moment where a certain realization has to set in. This, this year has been a year of, 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 uh, of where HaKadosh Baruch Hu rules the world. Things turn in a moment, right? We, we turned in a moment, right? We, we celebrated Purim in a total uh, bliss. And then we, and, and, and most of us didn't go to shul that next Shabbos. Uh, most, uh, you know, and that's what happened. And, you know, and, and who knows, you know, Baruch Hashem, we're in shul now. And, and, and I, I could tell you across this country and across this world, um, I sit on a rabbinic chat with rabbis across the country and across the world, the amount of preparation from Balabatim, I don't even mean from the Rabbonim, from Balabatim and Rabbonim for this Rosh Hashanah to make it safe, is unprecedented in our history. Never has there been such a monumental effort for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And maybe that's maybe that's also a message. Maybe that maybe that all that effort that, that we put into Rosh Hashanah, because let's think about this for a second. Why do we put in this effort? Because we all believe that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is something significant. We all understand that it's the Yom Adin. We understand that a Kodesh Baruch is going to decide on Rosh Hashanah, if, if we can go back to normal living, if this can go away, if there's going to be a vaccine, is there going to be a, a safe way to, to conduct our lives? Can we, can we take off the masks and show if we, if we, if we stop social Can we have our kiddushes? Can we make our weddings? Can we make our bromances? That's being decided in the next, in the next uh, 15 days or so. And, and, and then, so when we, when we come to Ne'ilah, when we come to that realization, Hashem Kim, I, I think, I think that resonates. That rings very, very strongly this year. And Mr. Hashem, I think we could, I think we could re really, make, you know, make a, a special dentist here if we, if we really dive in, uh, you know, 
uh, you know, we're, we're dominating tomorrow morning at 5.40. And I know it's very hard for people. And, but I think we're going to come. We're going to come. We're going to say Slichos. And, uh, you know, if there's, there's not a minion at 5.40, we'll, we'll start to say the Slichos without the minion um, until the minion comes. And then we'll say Hashem, Hashem, Kel Rafa Mechana. the time is for you to have mercy on us. You know, we we went through all. We see the messages. We see we see that 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 Gidon had to violate the Torah to send a message to us. Eliyahu Novi had to violate the Torah to send a message to us that we need to be close to you. Um, and and Yoash and Yoash understood that his son had become a champion of fighting against idolatry. And 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 returning people to Hashem, and we spoke about Kiddon. You know, he, he was not the biggest Talmud Chacham. He wasn't the Gadol Ador, but he was a person who understood his role. Uh, you know, all, all the all the the story that we spoke about last week, uh, he understood his role. I'm, I'm just want to take just a few more minutes. I, I know I'm probably over, probably a little bit at overtime, but uh, I just want to just mention the last story of Perak Vav, and then we'll talk about the rest of Gidon uh, after. Uh, after the Chagim. Again, those of you who have been coming regularly, thank you. Um, uh, we're going to we'll continue this year and after all the Chagim. We don't really have that many Sunday nights that are really so available. So, Mr. Uh, Shem, I will send out my um, thank the people from Hillcrest for coming on uh, in appreciation of Rachmiel and Ravara Mayor. I, I do really do appreciate it. Um, so, we'll, we'll, I'll be, I'll, obviously, I'll send you the message. That we continue. I just wanted to just finish with this last idea. It says the whole midjan of Amalek will be a kingdom that suffer Yachtav by Yabru by Yachanu by Emek Israel. The Ruach Hashem Lavshas Kidon by Iskab by Shofar by Isaac Al Biyazachar. I I can't pass up not talking about the Shofar right before uh, right before Rosh Hashanah. So Shofar has a number of powers. Right? It says the Rambam. The Rambam says that 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 Akopi she he a Shofar by Rosh Hashanah is Gezeres Kassel. He says. Is that now? Nah, and that's a, that's a message for another, another discussion. The Rambam says, "Why do we go shogun Rosh Hashanah?" Because that's what it says in the Torah. Gotta go shogun Rosh Hashanah. He says, "He says that's where it, that's the entry level." He says, "There's no discussion." So you understand that it says it in the Torah. Okay, uh, my kids in school say, "Ki katuv b'Torah." Okay, it says it in the Torah. Okay. However, says the Rambam, shofar has the power of ura yishena me yishena. It, uh, it has the, uh, the arousing power of, to wake up people. So shofar has, has the power of connection. It has the power of awakening people. And, and perhaps the most important part, the shofar is a carrier pigeon. The Mara says in Masechus Rosh Hashanah, I think it's Daf Tesvav, Imru Lefonai Malchios Sephronos Roshofaros. On Rosh Hashanah say, Malchios, Kingship, Sephronos, Remembrance, and Shofaros. Malchios, Kadesh, Tom Lehuni, Alech. Malchios, so you should declare me the king. Zichronos, She'ela, Zichanecha, Matoiva, that the good that we should, that you should remember, that we should get a Kadesh Barucho to remember us in a positive way. Ubameh, says the Gemara, how do we get, how do we accomplish this goal? Shofar is the power, is the carrier pigeon of our Tfilos up to Shemai. So it's not it's not just a mitzvah, it's a connection. It's another way that we connect to our Kaddish Parakul. And the shofar is gonna is gonna help bring our bring our tefillos. And the shofar this year is gonna play a special role. Because because we've seen the hand of a Kaddish Parakul clearly this year. 
and, and, and we see what we see what's happening. We're gonna dive in hard, and then we're gonna come to Shoifa. We're gonna say, "Min From the depth, we're gonna call out to you, and then we're gonna blow shofar because we know that that shofar the power. And and Gidon blew the shofar because it not it not just was the sound of war, but it was the sound of awakening that a Kodesh Baruch is gonna is gonna bring special miracles. And then, and then, then, then he says he asked for a sign. Um, um, it's actually a very long, discuss, a little bit of a discussion here, and, uh, but just very quickly, um, he put down, um, he put down wool on, on the on the ground, and he said that, that and he dived into his world, He said, if the wool is wet and the ground is dry, that's a that's a that's a sign that you know the dew the dew overnight lands on only on the wool and not on the ground. So that means I'm going to be victorious. And then he did the reverse on the second night. Uh, Rashi points out that the uh, the first when when he said that the ground should be dry that that, that did not totally happen because there's a promise there's a promise Kodesh Baruch Hu promised Am Yisrael that there would never be a day they won't be due on the ground so so it couldn't it couldn't be completely dry uh, Rashi says he says he said that the whole ground should be dry was not was not perfect and. Uh, uh, so the Mepharshim grapple with why is Kiton if a Kodesh Baruch was sent him out to to do a uh, to go to war, why is he asking for signs? So the Radak quotes of Sajigon is that what Gidon was testing was not a Kodesh Baruch. He knew a Kodesh Baruch was 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 gonna was gonna bring the Yeshua to Israel, but he was really questioning his own merit. He wanted to know if a Kodesh Baruch is gonna bring uh, this miracle for me. That's a sign that I'm worthy of going out on this mission. Gidon was a was anav, like Moshe Rabbeinu was. Uh, he was an anav, and he wanted to know: Is he really worthy of being the leader of Am Yisrael? And the Kodesh Baruch Hu responded by by doing what he asked. And just to read you from the Radak, he says, "Kasa Rab Sajigon ki anisayon biyacholas habore osr." We're not allowed to question a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Shenema. Gidon had no doubt that a Kodesh Baruch was going to bring a miracle. Gidon wanted to know if he himself was worthy. This is also a tremendous lesson for Rosh Hashanah. You know, we, 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 have to, we, have to, we have to question ourselves and we have to find out you know, our worthiness. And that, that comes through our faith, and that comes through Vidui, and that comes through, through davening, and that comes when we say to a Kodesh Baruch Hu that, you know, you, you know, you're the Borei Olam, uh, you know, help us out, you know. And, and just, to, just to end with the Medrash, the Medrash tells us that, that, that the Shofar has a special power, that, that on Rosh Hashanah, Kodesh Baruch Hu sits on the Kisei of Judgment. Kodesh Baruch Hu judges us. He says, when we, when we blow the Shofar, Kodesh Baruch Hu rises up from the seat of judgment, which is too harsh for any of us to handle, and he sits down on the Kisei Arachamah, and he sits down on, on, the, on the throne of mercy. And, and, and we ask the Kodesh Baruch Hu, and it's a course of our learning, and there's a course of the Neshama, that, that, that you really write us to a Kisei of Chasimah Toiva, that we should have a much better year. Uh, Tav Pei was not the greatest year, uh, as it turned out. Uh, but we hope that Tavshim Peyal, they, they, they're telling me that the Chassam Sofer predicted Tavshim Peyal to be a, a, a great year. I haven't seen it inside. I got to go find it. Uh, but but Halavai, uh, whether he said it or not, Halavai, that Tavshim Peyal 
should be Teishas Pella. Should be an unbelievable year of, of uh, for Amis throughout. I want to thank everyone for joining me every Sunday night. Again, we will in Hashem continue this after because we got a lot of unfinished business here. Um, but I want to wish everyone a good adventure. Please stay healthy wherever, whatever, however you're davening and wherever you're going. Uh, ho- hope it's a safe place and and, and the tefillos should be yala beratza. Uh, we should be zokeh b'meh to to be b'meh b'shofar. Allah elokim b'sruah Hashem b'kol shofar. We should be zokeh for all all those great things, and we should have Yeshuas b'chamos and b'kulos l'anu l'chol Yisrael. Amen. 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 Amen.